Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The afternoon rush rolling along here on a Friday. Bobby, Mark, and Molly getting set for a good weekend of college football. We'll have the Charlotte 49ers season finale tomorrow when they take on Louisiana Tech. Our coverage at 1.30, kickoff at 3.30. Talk about that and some other things going on in college football. Pleasure to go with the guest line and bring on ESPN college football analyst. That's Taylor McCarr. Taylor, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, guys. I'm good. The la- I'm thinking, though, the last time I came on with you guys, the 49ers went down – to Rice after just firing their coach and embarrassed my fighting Rice Owls, and that might that may end up keeping them out of a bowl game. So I, I'm just now realizing that. <laughs> so welcome so, back to the show, Taylor. <laughs> Glad to have yeah, you again. You guys for having me. <laughs> and maybe this will lead to Charlotte winning their season finale because they made the coaching change. Now we learned this week who the new head coach will be, and Taylor has a lot of people intrigued around here, and I think in college football in general uh, with Biff Pogey coming in to take this, more known on the high school front, but obviously he's done good work working alongside Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. What's your take on the direction the Charlotte 49ers went? Yeah, don't know a ton about him, but I think Charlotte is one of those jobs, especially moving forward in the new version of the American, that should be a job that is highly sought after. And, you know, there's you say a quick turnaround, that's easier said than done, but in a place like Charlotte, getting to go to a new conference, what the, the university and the, the commitment level with athletics moving forward. I think Charlotte has a lot to be excited about. Um, I just wish that they had relaxed for one more week in a season <laughs> that they weren't going to a bowl game instead of uh, blowing out my owls on their homecoming. But, uh, no, excited for, for Charlotte and, and what's to come with them. Taylor, I you'll know you'll be on the call, ECU and Houston. And Mike Houston, he was the guy originally that the 49ers wanted to hire before he left and took the job with ECU, and he's really turned that program around. What do you make of what he's done with the Pirates already sitting here with six wins this season? Yeah, it's been this week was interesting on the coaches' calls with them because I'm this is my first ECU game that I've worked on. I follow them from afar as an old CUSA team, but I, I did not realize until really we dove into it this week just how bad it had gotten for ECU back in like the 2017-2018, right when Holt Naylor's had gotten on campus and when they were really struggling because we spent a lot of time talking about Holt Naylor's and his, his path and all the records, and he's a hometown kid. And hearing their story about Mike Houston coming on board and what those first couple years were like and what a struggle it was, I think a lot of people take for granted around sort of the national landscape. When teams get to bowl games, how important it is to these kids. And even though ECU is not going to make it to the American championship this year, 
still an opportunity to get to eight wins, and that's what they talked about. That's the focus is get a win this week against Houston and then go to Temple next week, try to get to eight wins, and that be the high watermark really in a long time for East Carolina. Uh, and it's a place that I played here one time as a player, and it has one of the best environments in college football for, you know, that's not one of the Power Five schools, but it feels like a Power Five environment. So late in the year, um, obviously, you know, neither one of these teams likely going to the American Championship, but it's still a really good matchup with two six and four teams. And uh, Taylor, as you, we look elsewhere around college football, it does feel like Drake May is getting more love for Heisman, but ha- is he getting enough respect for the season he's had this year? I don't think he is. And I think that loss to Notre Dame is really unfortunate because if they were, if, unfortunately for Drake May, I think it would have taken North Carolina being undefeated to this point in the season for him to really get the respect he deserves. But if you think about like the true definition of most valuable player, I think that Drake may, if it's not Drake may, he's got to be in the top two or three players in the country, because if you take him off of this team and with the amount of points that North Carolina has given up week in and week out, you take him off of this team. And this is a team that's probably hovering around 500, but that's the difference that he's made for them. And there's a talk about being excited for the future, I think North Carolina has got something to really build around. They just got to figure out a way to shore up the defense moving forward. But it does feel like he's getting more respect as of late, but still, in my opinion, not enough. And we have been here with North Carolina hype before, and that was in an offseason just a, a couple of years ago. So will we be right back there again this offseason as we look ahead to North Carolina in a championship game, considering how that could go for the Tar Heels against the Clemson Tigers and just the fact that Drake May has played so well? Are we just heading into another hype train scenario with North Carolina? Maybe, but it's hard to to fault fans for getting on the hype train. I'm based in Austin, Texas, and so the hype train is sort of always there for the Texas Longhorns, but there's no results. Where North Carolina, sitting here with one loss, really you should you expect them to win the next two. If they beat Clemson, which I would imagine they're going to win that game because I don't think Clemson's going to be able to keep up, all of a sudden if you have an ACC champion North Carolina team that only has one loss and you get your quarterback coming back, Absolutely. I think sound the alarms, fire up the hype machine for the entire offseason because that's an incredible year. Even if they were to lose to Clemson in the ACC championship, it's still a phenomenal year and you get your quarterback coming back. So I understand that you know, North Carolina fans have been burned in the past by getting, you know, firing up the hype machine and, and then being let down. But this does still feel like a pretty special year and uh, obviously still a lot out remaining, but I like them against Clemson in the ACC championship. Taylor, speaking of your hometown, we saw TCU go in there last week and survive against Texas uh, tomorrow. Early kick in Waco, uh, TCU and Baylor. How dangerous a game is this for TCU? If prior to last week, I would have said very dangerous because playing in Waco tends to be a McLean Stadium is a difficult place to play. The problem is Baylor just got pants last week against Kansas State in a game that. I, mean, I don't think anybody saw that outcome coming. I mean, it was the blackout night. They played it. It was a night game. It was an incredible atmosphere in Waco, and they get their doors blown off. And now the biggest thing on the other side for TCU is what would be encouraging for me if I'm a Horn Frogs fan is they, they won ugly in Austin when to this point in the season they really had been running away and, and closing games out in the fourth quarter, and a lot of it was on the offensive side of the ball. 
this was a dominating defensive performance, and that lines up well against Baylor and an offense that struggled, especially in the back half of the season. Baylor's really struggled finding explosive plays, and they've had to really grind out long, sustained drives. They haven't been able to do it. I think TCU matches up well in this game, and I also – I think we're at the point in the season where I think we, we need to start giving TCU the benefit of the doubt. I don't think they're nearly what the LSU team was in 2019 when they went on their run. But this win against Texas did remind me of that LSU team. It sort of felt like everybody was waiting around for them to lose, and then they finally they beat Alabama, and everybody said, okay, maybe we need to take them seriously. To me, at least in Big 12 country, that was sort of the moment it feels like everybody's starting to take TCU serious. Is okay, maybe they are going to actually run the table here and get a spot in the playoff. Believe it or not, we have a sellout tomorrow night in L.A. And no, it's not a Dodgers game. It's not a Lakers game. It's the Trojans and the Bruins officially sold out at the Rose Bowl. Taylor, for USC, if they win out, win tomorrow night, and then beat Notre Dame next week in the Pac-12 championship game, are, are they are they in? Are they a lock? If. USC runs the table and TCU were to stumble, I absolutely think that they get in. What will help them is the SEC, unless something crazy happens in the SEC. The SEC just having one team this year helps them tremendously. And I think you likely end up with, as much as we just talked about North Carolina a second ago, and I know we're in ACC country, but that likely means you end up with SEC champion Georgia, winner of Ohio State or Michigan, TCU if they run the table, and then one loss, USC, because I think the way the committee has voted and, and where they have North Carolina right now, I don't see uh, Clemson or even one loss North Carolina jumping USC if they end up running the table the rest of the way. I think they end up in the four spot. Taylor, last thing going back to obviously where you're from, Texas, Jimbo Fisher. I mean, what a nightmare season it has been. Even App State uh, here, we can't really claim that victory anymore, how the year has gone for App and how it's gone for A&M. What is next for the Aggies? Jimbo Fisher, I mean, the buyout obviously is a ton. So, I mean, is he still there? What do the Aggies do? Yeah, guys, it's hard to even fully wrap your head around just how bad it is and what a bad spot Texas A&M is in. They are – beholden to this guy and they owe him almost a hundred million dollars in year five and he's gonna they're in dead last in the sec they're behind vanderbilt right now and aggie fans i mean it's truly miserable for aggie fans right now what's next your guess is as good as mine because i don't know if a and is going to be able to force him to bring in an offensive coordinator now in my opinion that's what should happen he should give up play calling duties but whether or not that happens, I don't think anybody outside of the, the program at A&M knows the answer to that question yet because A&M can't force him to do it. They, contractually, they have no ability to go in there and force him to do anything he doesn't want to do. He got basically carte blanche to do whatever he wants, and they owe him a tremendous amount of money that if, if they want to change course, they got to write him a really big check to get him to go away. So unfortunately for A&M, I think there's still some more pain to come because I think the transfer portal – a lot of those five-star and four-star kids that have come in in the last two years with some big NIL money, I would be surprised if very many of them are, are still hanging around in another six months. Taylor McCarg, ESPN College Football Analyst. He's on the call tomorrow, East Carolina, as they will play host to Houston. That game will kick off just after 2 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Taylor, always appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. There you go. Great stuff with Taylor. We'll give you what's trending next on the Afternoon Rush.